0: Hi everyone, just a bit of a message from me, your constant cheerleader before this week's Mental Health Awareness Week episode. As well as the usual chat you expect from us here at the Constant Cheerleader, Ruth and I also talk openly and honestly about our experiences with mental health. If you find you are affected by any issues raised in this podcast, there is help out there. Among them are some amazing charities such as the Samaritans who work to make sure there's always someone there for you. Call them free anytime, day or night on one one six one two three. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Constant Cheerleader the podcast that champions the people who go above and beyond to make a difference in the world and their communities over a cuppa. My name is Gemma Stevenson and joining me today is a footballer, mental health campaigner and author. She swapped ballet for the beautiful game when she was seven and credits her involvement in the sport as one of the factors that has helped her with her mental health. The central midfielder is currently in the middle of a cycling challenge visiting 28 places that have played a part in her recovery throughout her life over 28 days, hoping to raise further awareness of mental health in sport. Here to give us 30 minutes of a best mat talk this week is Ruth Fox. Hi Ruth, how's things? Hey, yeah, I'm good, thank you. How are you? Uh, I'm good. It's weird, isn't it? We, we, we say how are you all the time in everyday life, but actually during this time we actually do really mean it to each other, don't we?
1: Yeah, literally. The number of times that I've said in my life, like, I'm fine and I've not been fine. It's um, one of those everyday questions that kind of is the lie, the lies that we tell every day, really.
0: You join us with a cuppa. What cuppa are you joining us with this morning? Because it I, is very early is. in the morning.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it is. I don't think I would have been able to if I uh, hadn't had a coffee. But um, yeah, I've just got a um, cafetier coffee. Um, it's like roasted in Bedfordshire, which is where I'm from um so nice and local and uh what's on your
0: mug i've noticed a very sporty theme on it
1: yeah so this is um a photo of me my manager and my my team having a little huddle and then me hugging my manager um on the other side and this was a game where um, we were playing top of the league um our league is quite divided and we were playing top of the league harlow town who last time we played them beat us 9-1 <laughs> just quite a staggering result they just they were just above and beyond like they were just and yeah beyond anything was played before and we managed to scrape a draw out of them two all um and i scored a goal and to me it just meant so so much to me i'd come out of a really difficult spell of 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 not playing too much football and to come out of the back of it and score that goal was just something unreal so I got a mug to uh (laughs) commemorate it (laughs) brilliant I
0: love it and so every time you drink coffee in the morning you're just reminded of that moment it's been positivity for the day for sure football really has been your saving grace really hasn't it with your mental health it's kind of been there for you when you've needed it um but also it's been a constant in your life as well during times when you haven't necessarily had that constant
1: yeah definitely um so I started playing when I was when I was a kid when I was about seven years old I used to go down to the to the field and play with my dad when I turned 14 my sister moved to university and I suddenly had um, a hole in my life my best friend wasn't wasn't by my side um I felt like I'd lost someone I, I felt a real bereavement even though she was still around she was she wasn't in my life like she had been before and during that time um I used sport slightly in a negative way i used to over-exercise and over-train. Um, but that's because I got so, sought so much sort of sanctuary from sport that I felt like I had to do it all the time. So I lost a lot of weight back when I was 14. I wasn't eating enough for the amount of sport I was doing and I ended up having to quit football. I got diagnosed with depression, got put on an antidepressants. I had to quit football because of how how thin I was. Um, I get kept getting sort of shoved off the ball all the time and they kept putting me in different positions because they knew I had the technical ability, but physically I just wasn't wasn't capable of, of much at all. I kind of got back into the game um, a couple of years later, and it honestly, since then, um, it's really helped see me through some of my, my toughest times. As you say, it's been a constant in a world of turmoil, really, <laughs> um, over the past few years. Getting to training every week, getting that 90 minutes um, at the weekend to just be myself and be passionate about something, being within the team, it's honestly been a saviour for me, definitely. And you've had some support of really good teams locally. You played for
0: Cambridge United, you're now with St Ives Town Ladies. They've been really supportive of you, haven't they, throughout this kind of journey back into football as well?
1: Yeah, for sure. So um, Cambridge United, I've played for the women's team for um, a little while, but also I worked for the community trust. And I was heavily involved in setting up a mental health projects. so I would go into schools and um, preach about mental health to young people, <laughs> try and try and raise awareness and increase their literacy of um, mental health. It's sort of where um, my whole campaign work started at Cambridge United. I was able to get involved locally, but then also spread, spread the word nationally, and that's when I started writing my book. And yeah, as a player at Cambridge United, I was supported massively by my coaches. They would always listen to me if I needed someone to talk to. But like what I got at Cambridge United, I, I received, you know, 10 times that once I moved to St. Ives Town. It's, it was a very different um, environment. It's slightly lower down in the leagues. But the family feel at St. Ives Town is just something I've never felt before with, with anything, with a friendship group or my family or anything. It's 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 unreal. We We meet socially as well as play football together. And they've turned into my my friendship group overall. Um they're the people I turn to the most. But yeah, they've they've had an incredible impact on me and I'm so grateful that I've that I've now moved there and I'm very, very happy there, both on the pitch and, and off it. It's the thing, isn't it? That thing of
0: team sport, you do become a family. I mean, I know from involvement in cheerleading how much that has helped my mental health, and it's why I went and read your book um within the white lines. I have to say it is very very honest but an uh, absolutely brilliant read because it tells the truth about mental health it doesn't hold back does it
1: no um i wanted to be totally honest i wanted to write a book that i wish i'd read when i was younger it kind of it's completely open there's no holding back it's just my story and my journey and who's helped along the way and the impact that people that you don't imagine would would have an impact Um, can make on someone's life if it doesn't inspire people who are struggling then it'll inspire people who are helping people who are struggling which is probably most of us so I wrote the book to help at least one person and hopefully it's done that along the way
0: it's a brilliant book and I would say to anybody to go off and read it especially we've got all this time in lockdown (laughs) and I I was going to talk to you about lockdown I mean there's been a lot in the press about we're building up mental health problems for the future for people but also there's been Not been as much said about the people who already have struggles with their mental health during this time. There's not the access to the mental health help at the minute. So, what are your thoughts on that and you know how people can kind of help themselves during this time when they haven't necessarily got that access to the professionals?
1: Yeah, I think it's um, a really important one. I mean, I'm very, very lucky that I still have. Therapy through video calls once a week, group therapy, and then once a week I have individual therapy as well on the phone. So I've still got access to support, but I'm in still in quite intense treatment. So I obviously have therapy twice a week. I'm having dialectical behavioral therapy for a recently diagnosed um, personality disorder. So that's quite a you know an acute disorder where? where I struggle to control my emotions quite a lot. So if it's out of control, it's very out of control. But yeah, sort of if if I hadn't had that, I wouldn't have the support that, that I'm getting at the moment. And I know a lot of, you know, mental health teams are, can only offer phone support or not much support at all. Um, I've got friends who are potentially struggling at the moment and, you know, their mental health teams are just sort of completely cut, cutting them off a little bit because there are other things on the agenda. So I think it's a really important time to look after ourselves. And I think using this time to sort of look at our own healing and our own recovery is, is can be quite valuable and that's what I've been trying to do. So I think making sure that we stay in contact with people. There are loads of great sort of apps and things that we can use to stay in contact. I think, you know, technology is moving with us through lockdown. I think it's I think it's brilliant that we've got so many things where we can, you know, video call people whenever we like. I think it's really important to stay in contact um, with those who are close to us, especially sort of like grandparents and things like that, which probably going to be a long time before we can actually properly see them. Working on yourself, so whether that be using the time to train something you haven't trained before in terms of, in terms of sports, obviously we can't do team sports, but maybe focus on looking at loads of body weight things and increasing your strength or maybe getting into running or, or cycling, <laughs> using the time to, to get really close with the people that you're living with. If you are living with people, maybe getting into cooking. There's there's a variety of things I've tried to use this time to really focus on myself and, and look at my, my journey where I've come from and I think that's where the cycling challenge comes in because I'm looking at every single place that I'm cycling to every day and I get a little bit of closure from it every single day and then when I get to the 28 days when I finish the cycle I really think that um, I'm ready to write the next chapter of of my (laughs) metaphorical book and potentially a physical book I'm not sure (laughs) (laughs) but yeah I think I think lockdown's been so challenging in so many ways but there are always positives in negative situations and Honestly, I think we can use this time to, to heal ourselves and and take a step back from stressful stressful things like work and and even sport can be stressful at times. So having a step away from it, I think, could do a lot a lot of people a lot of good. You very nicely there segued onto
0: your uh, cycling challenge. I want to ask you more about this because Ruth, the mileage you have put in already. <laughs> How many times could you have run the London Marathon (laughs) with the amount of uh, mileage you've put in at the minute?
1: Uh, You can do the math. (laughs) Um, One of my followers from um, Ireland said, oh, you've reached cycling the length of Ireland today. I was like, oh, brilliant, thank you. (laughs) Um, But yeah, no, so the whole idea behind the cycle, um, me and a friend came up with the idea was basically to celebrate, although we're in lockdown and I don't have full freedom, <laughs> um, it's to celebrate my freedom out, outside of hospital, really. Last year, I spent 28 days in hospital, seven days in one, 14 days in another, seven days in, an, in the same one I went to um, initially. And it was the most horrific and difficult experience of my life, but the place I needed to be at the time, a place of safety, um, a place away from the world and just somewhere I needed to go, um... I'd love to say it helped but unfortunately it didn't otherwise I wouldn't have gone there three times but it was where I needed to be at the time. Um, My mental health got to a stage where I couldn't couldn't sort of control it. Um, So to almost celebrate that a year on from being admitted into hospital for the um, first time I wanted to do something over 28 days or something to do with 28. I kind of couldn't couldn't really think but um, obviously in lockdown you have a lot of time to think (laughs) so I came up with came up with this challenge where I'm visiting 28 places that have helped me in my recovery so this goes from my junior school where my love of football began um, to the field I used to play football with um, as a kid to the hospital I was admitted to to my old school to the football club I play at now, to the old football club I used to play for, and to friends' houses, and yeah, just anywhere that I sort of found a safe place. Like, today I'm cycling to a Costa in Huntingdon, and although to most people it would just be a coffee shop, to me it was a place where I would meet my friends, and I needed a safe place to chat and talk to someone whilst I was struggling, and I honestly don't know where I'd be without those Costa trips. (laughs) I'm a a lover of coffee, and I'm a lover of of a good chat, so just places like that which for me personally means such a lot to another person it might just be somewhere they go in their lunch break or whatever but for me it was it was a, a real place where i sought sanctuary and a safe place for for me to chat about what, what i was going through at the time so yeah I'm, um um it, it excites me every single day it's given me a purpose which i think is really important during lockdown we don't really have a routine so for me every day i, need, I know i need to get up and get on the bike and get out and do some do some mileage the aim is to get to the place and, and get back. Usually the same way I get there, I come back. But <laughs> sometimes I do a little bit of a detour. Um, yesterday on my ride, I was meant to be about 64k. Ended up doing 85k because I took the wrong turning. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's been good for my all-round skills of navigation. Hopefully we'll improve over the course of the challenge. But yeah, it's been it's been incredible so far. I'm really looking forward to to the rest of the challenge and to thank people on the way as well. So every place that I, I go to, I put out a little tweet about why that place is important to me and the people that have made it important. And um, it really gives me an opportunity to thank people that have truly made an impact on my life, my recovery.
0: That was brave doing a 20k detour on possibly one of the windiest days we've had in
1: this lockdown. <laughs> honestly, and all the way back the wind was in my face. It was, it was honestly, the, the map afterwards, obviously like I kind of tracked where I've ridden and there was just one point where I was about um, 10 miles away from home <laughs> and I accidentally turned left instead of right and it added on like another sort of 20 miles. <laughs> I'm not
0: trusting you ever for navigation skills.
1: About... No, please do <laughs> I might
0: send you a sat-nav in the post just to kind of help yeah.
1: you. Know, right. I think that might help. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I want to move on now to this kind of 28-day challenge you're doing is about ending this chapter and writing a new chapter. You've talked a little bit about it when you were at Cambridge United, how you used to go into schools and talk to young people about their mental health. But alongside your football, it's become a real passion for you. Mental health in general, but also mental health in sport. And and that's kind of influenced the next stage of your journey, hasn't it? Yeah, for
1: sure. Well, I don't know if it's for sure or not. But yeah, <laughs> um, I was um, very grateful to, to be accepted into into college to study sports science and personal training as a foundation degree. So that's kind of my next chapter, hopefully starting to write itself a little bit. I think within sport we have such an ability to impact people's mental health. I think personal training is something I, I want to get into um because I really think that, you know, an hour with your personal trainer in during the week can really make a difference and can be the best hour of your week and it can be something you're looking forward to and um, I think you become more of a person, more than a personal trainer. So you become, you know, a friend, a counsellor. You know, you become all these different people for somebody. Um, I've had some really influential personal trainers in my life, as well as sort of football coaches that have just been there for me when i when I need them. So yeah, I'm hoping that come September, I'll be allowed to go into college and um, and study. I still really look at mental health um, kind of awareness and campaigning as something I am incredibly passionate about and want to keep doing. I feel like I've got a purpose and um, there's a reason why I went through everything that I've been through and if I can stop someone from having to go through that then I'll be a voice for, for, for those that don't have a voice. I'll, I'll, I'm happy to talk about my mental health and talk about my journey and you know in the hope that it just stops some other people having to go through the same journey. I've learned so much about myself and about um, the world and 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 everything having gone through what I've been through. So I'll keep I'll keep doing that, whether it's just on social media or maybe potentially going into a career within mental health in the future. Um, one of my biggest aspirations, it's quite a quite a big one, but um, I would love to be a personal trainer and go into mental health units to support the patients. I had. I went to the same hospital twice as I mentioned and that was very lucky that there was a personal trainer that came in once a week Um, and I was the only person that that actually did it. (laughs) Not many people were really fancied having a personal training session whilst they're (laughs) an inpatient but um, it was something I craved massively because obviously I couldn't play sport when I was there and honestly it gave me something to hold on to that week. It was you know just the best thing that could have ever happened to me is, is having a personal trainer come into the unit and do an hour's gym session with me. So I want to offer that to someone else. That's what I aspire to do. So hopefully doing this course in September will be a door that leads to potentially something like, like that I'd love to go into.
0: What you're saying about you want to make mental health visible, a lot more people are talking about it, but it's still very much taboo, isn't it, mental health, and still very much a subject that not a lot of people know about or a lot of people know how to deal with. I go back to, in my first job as a journalist where I, I'd say was brave enough to say to a manager, I need some help here. I'm really struggling with my mental health. Um, I need a change. And having all my life experienced very positive reactions like you had, I was very shocked by the reaction I then got from the manager who told me to go and have a good night's sleep and I'd feel better in the morning. Have you heard things like that said and misconceptions around mental health? And is that due to the taboo and people still not being free enough
1: to talk about it? Yeah, I think so. I think it's a very sort of scary thing for a lot of people to talk about i feel like when someone opens up to you 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 do want the the problem to just go away there and then and you'll say anything to try and to try and make that problem go away um we hope that a good night's sleep will be able to solve that problem but unfortunately it's, it's a lot bigger than that and and that's often not not going to do us much good obviously looking after ourselves is, is massively important but is, is you know it's wider than that, it's bigger than that. I think there is still a massive taboo um, in this country. I it was interesting what you were saying earlier about about lockdown and how there hasn't actually been a huge amount of talk about about mental health and what this is doing to the nation's mental health during this time. I think everybody sort of being stuck at home, not having a routine and structure, is is very very difficult. But I think there are definitely things that we can say to people um, and do that will make much more of an impact than kind of trying to brush it under the carpet and pretending that it's, you know, not a problem. Being there to be able to listen to people can be so much more impact impactful than and you think having maybe a one off conversation with someone might not do the trick. But having someone there every single day or every week that you can go and talk to. I had a particular teacher in the school called Mr Donahue, who um, the whole book is actually dedicated to, who I would go and speak to most days at break time or lunchtime. And just unloaded to him, I'd cry, I would like get rid of everything that was on my chest and it helped me massively it helped me get through school and i i don't know owe him you know the world my world um that's why i dedicated the book to him so he can see how much of an impact he had on me so i think we're really scared and we kind of tiptoe within mental health because it's such a scary topic and we're scared of saying the wrong thing but i always say it's better to say something than say nothing just people knowing that you're there for them i think has incredible value and it's Mental Health Awareness
0: Week this week, and the theme is kindness. And very much what your teacher did for you was, I mean, it didn't cost anything. It was just an act of kindness, wasn't it?
1: Exactly. I think it went above and beyond what his duty was as a teacher. His 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 duty was to teach me, <laughs> and I was beyond that. I was too unwell to, to, to go to my lessons and things like that. But what he did do was offer me someone and somewhere that I could just go and it was a safe base and and yeah it went above and beyond what was expected of him and what I ever expected of him um but all it was 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 kindness and they always say kindness is free it's something that we can all do we've all got the time if we make it for people who are struggling we can very easily say um that we're too busy I think he was probably the busiest teacher in the school he was you know a deputy um he was all of these things he had so many hats on but yet yeah, he still had the time for me and I think if you truly truly care about someone then you'll make time for them. So I think I always say that kindness can save lives and I think it saved mine. People sort of saying that they care about you and little things like this week, I've received a few like cards from my friends or I got a mug from my friend or a bracelet and things like that whilst I was doing my challenge. And to me, that just made me think I'm going to carry on. I'm going to keep doing this. I want to do this for them. I want to make them proud. It's just little things like that. Like that was, yeah, it might have cost them a little bit to post a letter, but that, you know the the kind of whole thing around that is is just a little bit of kindness, and that can go such a long way. So, especially during lockdown, make sure that you you know stay in touch with people. Send someone a letter. Like, post is <laughs> is usually so boring, but it's like the <laughs> highlight of my day during lockdown because there's nothing else to do. So, go and write someone a letter that you haven't haven't spoken to in a while. Send some photos that have some really happy times. Um, I think that it can be so valuable. And I genuinely think kindness um, can change someone's life and it's, it's definitely
0: changed mine. We have kind of got back to the world of letter writing. People are posting things because, like you said, it's the it's the highlight of your day. There's nothing else to do. Mind you, don't let your uh, football coach say that, that there's nothing else to do. I'm pretty sure you would find some, like, exercises and strength and conditioning <laughs> for you to do.
1: I'm sure. Um... But um, everyone's very aware that I'm doing my cycling challenge at the moment, so <laughs> <laughs> kind of get let off a little bit. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's getting, it's getting your workout done while you're
0: um, kind of doing well detours as well as the right, direction how much are you missing I mean we've kind of had the green light to go ahead and do sports that you can do solo or or with a member in in your household but we don't quite yet know when team sports are gonna be coming back and especially football it's very much like cheerleading you do make contact with other humans how much are you missing that team atmosphere right now yeah
1: definitely um we have one session a week where we have the zoom um fitness session so it's really nice to be able to see the girls then and, um, and do a session with them. I've also helped to plan the sessions as well, which has been nice. It's just been so weird that this has become the new normal is not to go out and, and train with the girls and have a game on a Sunday. It's still very strange. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it's obviously harder to motivate yourself when you're when you're on your own. But I always think about when I get back on that pitch and how you know I want to be prepared and I want to be... In, a, in good shape to, to, to be back playing um, at my best but the social element is something I miss massively just meeting people like out, even outside of football like my, as I said my friendship group mainly is my football girls. so going out socially it's just very strange not to be able to do that um, I think it's going to make when we are able to do that so much more special um, but like everything at the moment we've got to take it as it comes and see what the government guidance is and, and things like that. Um, I know my club is listening to the leagues and what the government sort of um, feeds into into the leagues and things. So we're, we're making sure everything's still safe and, and, and what have you. But I can't wait to get back training and playing. And it's going to feel so much better having, having had it lost for, for a little period of time. For me personally, it was frustrating because I feel like it was my best season um, so far. And it got cut short. I feel like it was, well, I, I did have a little period of, of time off when I was in hospital. But other than that, i had had a pretty much full season, which is quite unusual for me. <laughs> and just been able to bond with the girls, score goals, have a real taste of what, what the beautiful game is really, really about. I'm hoping that next season we can really progress and push on and, and and start where we kind of left off. But I think the feeling of being back training and playing is just going to, absolutely surreal but it's got to come at the right time um as you said it's it's not a contactless sport unfortunately and we can't really socially distance so we've just got to to play it you know by ear and and see what the government says and 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 go from there really it would be interesting to see wouldn't it socially distant football i mean
0: it would change (laughs) the game completely
1: (laughs) it would i hope it doesn't come down to that i like getting a bit rough with people but um Yeah, (laughs) all the work in the gym wouldn't really have paid off, but um, I'm certain we'll get back to normal football as, as soon as we can, really. And there's a debate going around, isn't there, within
0: women's football? You know, there was such momentum built in this country. What do you think will happen to the momentum after we come out the other end of this? Do you worry that the women's game could kind of disappear for a while again in people's psyche?
1: Yeah, um, potentially. I think because there were so many opportunities to sort of see women play and things like that, I think the growth was just unreal over the last kind of few months and years. To be honest, I think the hype will be around men's football. To be honest, as soon as we as soon as we get back to football, because it's been people would have missed it and uh, and what have you. But I mean, I really really hope that it hasn't had an impact on what has been you know incredible um, sort of growth and vision for women's game, I think it probably would have would have halted it for a while maybe um, even after lockdown but you know, we hope that as players and things that, that growth is still there, the opportunities are still there and yeah, it can continue to grow and flourish in the way that, that we've seen it over the last few, few months and years really I hope that lockdown <laughs> doesn't impact on sort of everything and everyone's sort of growth, it probably will, it probably has but it's the same for a lot of things and a lot of people and we're all in the same boat i think that's important to say but yeah i think i think it will be a lot of revolved around the men's game initially to be honest but hopefully the women's game will kind of grow again in people wanting to sort of watch it and be a part of it so yeah we hope that lockdown hasn't impacted it a huge amount but it probably has a little
0: there is a great opportunity there isn't it that both the women's game and the men's game will start up at the same time so so there is there is that kind of opportunity there that they could both grow at the same time as we come out of lockdown isn't there
1: yeah we'd hope so we like to think so (laughs) um it's also like what happens with sort of grassroots level football as well and you know semi-pro footballers and all of its different sort of layers and tiers of, of football and when each sort of tier is able to go back to playing is going to be you know interesting to see what the government says really because they all need you know the investment and they all need financial support and they all need you know to get back as soon as really um i think we all need them to.
0: that's an excellent thought to then segue on to my next part now for Everybody who listens regularly, you'll know this part's coming. It is the cultural exchange. We've now reached the point, Ruth, where you've given us so much and told us so much already. We've reached the point in our chat now where we talk about cultural exchanges. Now, in cheerleading, when we go off to competitions, we have something called a cultural exchange, where we give people from other countries a little gift from our country. So this is your chance to give our listeners and the wider world, a bit of a cultural exchange and a bit of a suggestion to keep them going for this next week in isolation?
1: So my cultural exchange is a book. It's called The Boy, the Mole, the Pox and the Horse. It's a really, really beautiful book that's got a lot of sort of pictures and like really pretty writing in it. I I imagine it was originally written for children. What's so nice about this book is you can flick to any page and there'll be a quote so the book is basically made up of of quotes every single page you just open it up and and that page will be a quote so I can give you a little taster tears fall for a reason and they are your strength not weakness is is one quote for example what is the bravest thing you've ever said Asked the boy help said the horse and literally every single every single page is you know an incredible quote for life it's not just the kids book it's a quote for life and I always flick to, to different to different pages every single day to see what that, that quote of the day is. And, you know, it really looks at kindness as being, you know, a wonderful thing and looking at the little things in life. Like, I know, for example, one of the characters really likes cake and seems to solve all his problems, and I probably agree. So <laughs> um, it's just a really beautifully produced book that I got for my 21st from my grandma. So it's something I'll keep forever.
0: I mean, we'll definitely put that up on our website as well because we have a section called the constant cheerleader virtual book club we will put your suggestion up on there as well so that people can look it up and uh, get reading it i love this idea of a character
1: who likes cake tea and cake is the answer to all of the world's problems
0: i feel <laughs> <laughs> i feel it is right now yeah i definitely do i mean everybody was out on their drives weren't they Then for VA, ve day enjoying a bit of tea and cake socially distanced from their neighbors
1: it just sums us up as british people doesn't it really it was really nice to see i think i drove through um, one of the streets all the way to the shop and like people were like waving at me and thinking and it was just such a nice sort of atmosphere and um, it was really nice to be a part of it even though i was just driving <laughs> <laughs> okay.
0: and finally Ruth it's time for some of your best mat talk I feel like you've given us a lot of mat talk already a lot of kind of Positive things to go into the week thinking But we're going to ask you for one more bit Of mat talk for those who've never been involved In cheerleading or haven't watched Cheer on Netflix and uh, Listened in absolute admiration At Jerry Harris's pure brilliance On the mat with his mat talk It's kind of a little motivational Cry to your teammates on the mat So have you got some mat talk ready For us
1: a few bits and bobs um go for it I think think one of the things that has helped me the most in my entire life is acceptance finding acceptance within yourself and learning to love yourself before you love other people I think is so so valuable and important learning to look in the mirror and and be okay with the person that you see looking back and how you act towards other people you know being being really proud of that and and being proud of yourself for for how far you've come and because of kind of, you know, my, my history and things, I think, you know, I, I always like to give a little message to anyone who's, who's struggling as well. Um, I think the most valuable thing I've ever done is to reach out to someone that you trust. There's a person out there for everyone. There's a Mr Donahue out there for you, someone that's willing to sort of listen to you unconditionally and help you through whatever you're going through. Don't ever suffer alone. Talking about, you know, your problems and things really does help. Accept yourself for who you are. You can still try and better yourself and improve yourself every single day. But being accepting of where you are at any one point is, is invaluable um, and make sure you reach out and talk to someone when you need to.
0: And I think that's an important message, isn't it, reaching out? Because there are places during this time if you are struggling where you can go um you've got the samaritans got beat if you're struggling with eating disorders you've got um mind the mental health charity there are so many places you can go to reach out as well if you haven't got that person in your kind of immediate circle
1: definitely there's you know there's so many incredible charities that continue to work through these difficult times and mental health services are still available so if you need to refer yourself or you know, call up the doctor and they can still refer you. Um, Everything will probably just be over the phone, but there's still support out there. So people are doing their utmost to try and make sure that support is available for those who need it. Ruth,
0: thank you so much for joining me today and having this really important conversation because the conversation we've had today, we've also had some very important and real conversations around mental health awareness. And it's really important, as you've said, to keep having those conversations. Thank you to everyone for listening. It's been a bit more of a serious chat than we used to on this podcast. I'll leave you with one final message, and that is to stay safe and stay well. And we will meet again at the same time next week to champion another of life's cheerleaders. Thank you.